Greetings, Alpha Seekers, and welcome to Nugent Capital. This is actually yesterday's uh, podcast because it's now Wednesday, just barely. But your host realized he hadn't done one, so so I was thinking about a science fiction plot that I'll probably never have any use for because I never write fiction. But, um, you know, the the idea would be that there's this SETI, this search for extraterrestrial intelligence, and, you know, uh, they keep coming up dry, and eventually, uh, somehow, through some deus ex machina or something, uh, the SETI director gets in touch with some being or a non-being or whatever and says hey you know we've been looking for intelligent life for decades now and it's a big universe and we keep getting better imaging and everything else but we haven't found any so what's up with that we can't be the only intelligent life in the in the universe can we and i mean we're not all that intelligent and the uh the the voice in the cosmos says, well, you have to realize that life isn't really that intelligent. So if you get to be too intelligent, you start asking yourself questions like, what's the point? And what's the purpose? What's the meaning? And the more scientific you get, the the less of an answer there is to that. And as it turns out, life is its own point. So mainly life exists to perpetuate itself. And because it perpetuates itself, that's why it exists. When it starts to realize that that's not a particularly logical thing to do, given all the pain and suffering of existence, then uh, those intelligent species seek to, or cease to exist. They just keep, they stop re- re- reproducing life. So, you know, this is one of the reasons I don't write fiction, because all my fiction would be so depressing. But uh, there are never any happy endings, kind of like noir science fiction. But uh, really, the point is that in order for the species to perpetuate itself, once it rises above mere instinct and mere emotion, you know, like my dog Louie, purely instinctive, purely emotional. I mean, Louie wastes no time wondering why he exists or why he's a dog or, you know, why he's not in charge and we are or anything. You know, like you feed Louie and he just makes the food disappear. I mean, dogs are very task-oriented, goal-oriented because they don't overthink things at all. And they certainly don't intellectualize things or try to rationalize things. So... What does this all have to do with investments? Well, what you have to realize is that, you know, we are, by definition, as emotional, if not more so, than we are rational. Now, I tend to exist in a very thin sliver of the rational uh, range or bandwidth of, of existence. I'm not that emotional, really, but, you know... I I am an emotional investor like everybody is. You know, you're fear and greed, right? So uh, when you're trying to understand markets, you have to understand that 
it's not just mathematical. It's not just, okay, price, earnings, ratios, and now it's worth this much. There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of emotional things, and emotions are what drive the sales that go into the P.E. ratios. You know, a lot of a lot of companies appeal to emotional needs that, you know, your lower, lower hierarchy of needs in the Maslowian scale. So, anyway... That's just something to keep in mind as we try to make money here, is you can't purely use your intellect. You have to have an emotional intelligence to be successful in investing. So, uh, let's go through what we put out on the Alpha's next page. Uh, there's an article about a CRISPR breakthrough in relation to Alzheimer's, which is worth reading. I don't think that's got any particular company and company associated with it. At least I couldn't see one. But uh, it does reinforce that uh, that ARC investment theory about CRISPR being one of the technologies that's going to change the world. There's a cautionary tale about crypto. Uh, SEC is a obtained an emergency asset freeze and charged a crypto fund with uh, called Virgil with fraud. I mean, that's an area where, and you always have to keep your eyes open for fraud, but that's a particularly rife uh, area, in my opinion. Put an article about Arena Pharmaceuticals. Uh, you've got Umira losing exclusivity, which is a big Abbey issue. Uh, I don't have anything to say about whether Abby's going to be able to withstand that, but they've seen it coming for a long time. Uh, I put a screen out there from a screenshot from CNBC Final Trades on Fast Money today at the afternoon. Uh, I think it's DXC Technology. Can't, can't quite read this. I think it's DXC. You may be able to read it better than I do. Store Capital Corp, though, is Josh Brown's, and it's trading at, like, 33. He says there's no resistance until 40. Uh, Corn Ferry's a pick by one of the traders. Rocket Companies, and I can't read the Raytheon. So, uh, both he and John Nigerian think Bitcoin has a lot of upside, which is interesting. And it's this whole dollar down trade. You know, it's not so much that the that you know, like like gold, Bitcoin isn't doesn't have any particular intrinsic value, even less than gold. But uh, you know, cash is down. The value of the U.S. dollar is down fifteen percent over the course of the Trump administration. So clearly, they were not trying to keep the dollar strong. And it weakened, and when it weakens, you know, um, that's by definition an asset inflation trade. Interactive Brokers, the head of that, uh, was saying that traders are net short, which is rare. And uh, John Nigerian reported big institutional put positions on the queues down to the 263 strike. And that's trading at a 313 handle today, so that's a big... Correction. That's over 10% on the Qs, which is the NASDAQ. Uh, then another 
uh, level is 288, which is, you know, more like, what, 10%, less than 10%, right? 13, 25 points off of 313, yeah, that's less than 10%. So that's not that big a move down, it could happen. Um, in January is when those puts are being bought. Josh Brown, bullish on Toyota, and pointed out that the Robinhood stocks like Zoom are down huge from the highs. Our view is that it could be a put sales opportunity or a falling knife. I mean, if you start trying to, you know, valuation doesn't matter till it does. If you start trying to time these things, uh, or you start trying to value them on the actual PE, they could go down a lot. Could also be a possible call sale at the previous resistance level, but that may be so far out of the money now that it wouldn't be worth the premium. So you might have to dip lower, uh, you know, like a 10% up strike price. But the volatility should be high, which means that you can get a decent buck for the options. Uh, traders generally favored Microsoft, Apple, Disney, and Netflix. Dr. J, John Najarian, bullish on Walmart, Target, and Apple, which is double Apple. Stock replacement, though, is what he's been doing with his long positions on Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, and Netflix. So that kind of reinforces the 10% drop. He's seeing the big foot positions, and so he's doing what's called a stock replacement, meaning you trade your long stock and replace it with a bullish call position. So the only thing you can lose is the premium you paid for the call spread. So Thomas Pet Petterfee is the guy who runs... Uh, interactive brokers. He's the one who reported that his his traders are net uh, net short, net bearish, which is unusual. He's concerned that the dollar is worth less, which raises nominal stock prices as well as Bitcoin, and to a lesser extent these days gold. So that was an interesting uh, day today. I put a thing out there about what Chicago's recovery will look like, which ran in cranes today. The answer is nobody knows. I Anecdotally, I uh, took my car in for service, and the guy who was the service my manager, he single guy, 26 or 8, moved back out to justice uh, from the city and doesn't have any intention of coming back, and it was the riots that made him reconsider why he's here. So, doesn't miss it. So that's, if there's more people like him, now he's from Justice, so he's returning there. A lot of people who live in Chicago aren't from Chicago, from Ohio or wherever, so they're not going to move to Justice probably. So uh, I put Wall Street Breakfast out there, uh, so you can read that. I'm not going to recap that. Uh, and another article about Bitcoin and what's going on with that. Article about Maris, M-E-R-U-S. I'm not familiar with the company, but uh, Insight took a state, stake in them. So that's something worth looking at. Uh, company called Arturus, multiple downgrades after updating COVID-19 backstrial data. So they're one of the companies that was, you know, in the race but lost. So I don't have a recommendation on that, but just FYI. 
So uh, that's about it for today. Now, usually a quiet day in the week of the holidays. So, uh, but I, I thought it was interesting CNBC watching today. And uh, I shared the, the highlights with you here. I didn't watch it all day. I quit it about four. So anyway, uh, live long, prosper, and we will uh, talk with you tomorrow. What is tomorrow? What is today? What's the date? It's the 30th, so is it? Yeah, today, well, technically 30th, so. We only have one more day to go on this Annus Horribilis, so looks like we're going to make it. There was a 47-year-old congressman from Louisiana, Republican, died of COVID before he even took office. So it's still out there, folks. And just because you're young, doesn't the virus doesn't care how old you are. Most of the casualties, the severe illnesses and, and mortality happens in the older age cohorts but not all of it so continue to be careful out there young or old rich or poor regardless of race color creed so uh live long prosper be safe and we will talk at you tomorrow bye-bye